whenever you're reading reviews about somebody, it's actually their Google business page on which those reviews are published. If you do a search for like restaurants nearby in Google Maps, once again, every little red pen that you're seeing is a Google business page. So really, Google business page is a network of all local businesses here, there, and everywhere. They display in Google search. They display in Google Maps. And there's one more spot they display, which is where the real strategy lies. This is Stay Paid, a sales and marketing podcast on a mission to help you close more deals and retain more business. All right. Our guest today is Jason Pantana. He's a coach, trainer, and speaker for Tom Ferry International, the world's leading real estate coaching program, as well as host of the popular seminar, Marketing Edge. His dynamic sessions arm professionals with the tools they need to stay current, competitive, and above all, successful. His expertise includes social media strategy, digital marketing, and developing an eye for emerging business trends, as well as creating powerful advertising campaigns on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Google, and other mass online platforms. Jason, welcome to the podcast. Hey, I'm happy to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Jason, it's awesome to have you guys. We have the real deal on the podcast today. The I have to deal. say that. I'll make him blush a little bit, but the real deal, <laughs> an actual marketing guru. Here's the reason why I say it, right? So one is we owe Jason a lot. He actually connected us to Tom Ferry um, and got Tom on our podcast, which was a one of the things on our bucket list, one of the whales yep. who wants to get on the podcast. So we owe him that. But two, really, go check out his Instagram right now. And the guy is crushing it in, in a business space, in marketing, which is not the sexiest topic. No offense, I'm a marketer myself. Business, not the sexiest topic for the algorithms, right? It's easier to get out there with other things. And he has real engagement, like not bot engagement, real engagement, which is a testament to him implementing his strategies. So I'm super excited today because we're going to pick his brain on Google business and, and where you should be at with your Google business page. Should you be totally. using Google ads, that type of stuff? Jason, would love for you, though, to share a little bit of your journey. I know you're a coach with Tom Ferry Organization now. How did you end up getting there? I'm yeah. calling you a marketing guru. Kind of share a little bit of your 30,000-foot journey for us. Yeah. Thanks Thanks for caring, for asking. I appreciate it. I'm super glad to be here with everybody. Um, let's see. Uh, I'll take you back to when I got into real estate. I got into real estate in 2010. Um, I'll spare you all the, the details. There are many. Um, I, w- I moved to Nashville as a musician. I was waiting tables. I dropped out of college. I went back to college. Um, I was working at a restaurant at sort of the end of my music career. It's flooded. Long story short, I was out of work. I tried to get a job working in marketing. That was my degree. Nobody was hiring. It was 2010 said to my wife, what does it look like if I go into real estate? She's like, well, we're broke. So good luck convincing somebody to pay for it. (laughs) I was like, okay. So I called every broker in the city the next day. I thought agents were employees. I didn't realize that they were actually independent contractors. I knew nothing. Um, And I got laughed off the phone a lot. But there was one lady who was like, come see me tomorrow morning. I was like, okay. So I got dressed up, went in, I talked to the next morning. And um, somehow she agreed to front the money for me to get licensed. Um, it was recoupable through my commissions. I was rookie of the year the first year. Within about a year and a half of selling, um, I was picked up by the National Association of Realtors. I went on the road speaking for this traveling roadshow conference they had, which was a blast. That led to a booking agent and a lot more speaking. Um, and then it led to getting hired by Coldwell Banker. I went to work for Realogy for Coldwell Banker's headquarters, which is where I met Tom Ferry. And when I got into coaching, and I moved to... I was working for Realogy in like 2013. So it all happened pretty quick up until that point. 
met Tom. We were, I would plan the events and lead the events. And so Tom and I would share a lot of stages. I would, I would hire him as the keynote speaker for a lot of our events. And there was this running joke internally that eventually I was going to leave and go work for Tom Ferry. And I'd be like, stop it. That's not going to happen. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to leave. Then I did. <laughs> and I, I was like six years ago. So I've been working with Tom for the last six years as a coach and a speaker. And I love it. It's been fantastic. Uh, leading different events, speaking at different industry conferences and events for different companies on behalf of the, of Tom Ferry and so forth. Um, coaching clients individually, working like kind of just one-on-one with agents, seeing what works in their marketing, seeing how they can grow their pipelines and how they can be more productive in their businesses. It's been awesome. Um, working. How many agents? Aspects. How many agents do you coach uh, right now? Personally, just about forty. Forty. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Yep. Awesome. And I gotta ask, man, because you're in Nashville, country music. What type of music? Yeah, it's, yeah it, it, pop country is what it ended up being. Pop, pop, pop I, it, something back there. Luke just <laughs> wants someone to join him in the embarrassment of liking country music. That's yeah. All. I love country music, man. I love it. There's something about. Uh, marketers and musicians, because we interview yeah. so many people on here. Like, I'm a musician myself. I, I was in a family yeah. band growing up, thought I was going to be a musician. Something about that. My parents were in a gospel band. quartet. So. Oh, well, there you go. So, my dad's a pastor. So, I was in that homeschooled family band traveling <laughs> <laughs> around. Yeah. It's, it's, band, right? Yeah. It's well, like I have uh, some overlapping history, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, we, maybe, yeah, we saw you out on the road or something. I don't know. Yeah, so, probably not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's dry, or let's dive into the topic of Google business pages because I wanted to focus here. We've never really had someone come on that's been able to that like give tips and coaching on Google business. It's obviously something that's hot right now. There's an opportunity and I've loved your stuff that I've seen on it. Could you walk people through, well, one, what is it? And yeah. where should they be focused when you're thinking about Google? Yeah, so Google business pages... <laughs> As of a week ago, they were called before that, they were called Google My Business Profiles. And in fact, it's worth noting there's been a long history of name changes for this product. It was at one point called Google Local, Google Plus Local, Google Places, Google My Business, and now it's Google Business Page. I'm pretty sure it just has to do with somebody comes in, there's new, there's a new director and they want to <laughs> leave their stamp on something. So they change the name for no apparent reason. So look what I made. I made Google My Business, whatever. It's called Google Business Pages. Um, what it is is basically a profile for every local business. So Google's got a huge challenge. They're a search engine, but they're supposed to be able to magically pull out of a hat the perfectly tailored search based upon the intent of whatever search you as a Google or put in the browser. Um, whether that search is of macro global intent, whether that search is of local intent, Google is supposed to decipher, oh, they mean something local. And so that's a big challenge of theirs is how do I serve up the most relevant results, whatever the search is. And so when it comes to one of their huge, like a huge search volume on Google is local intent searches. They're looking for restaurants, they're looking for plumbers, they're looking for tree cutting services, they're looking for doctors and attorneys and real estate professionals and insurance agents and any kind of a local practitioner, local business footprint, they're looking for it on Google. And so that Google business page, again, Google My Business Network has become basically the listing, the, the yellow pages of all those businesses. Yellow pages being a reference back to the 90s for those who had phone books. Um, I am aware that a large part, like probably people are like, what's a yellow page? I'm sure there's many. Um, it's a directory of all businesses. So when you set up a Google business page, you can simply like make sure you're logged into the right Google account. So like there's a lot to know about this. You probably have a dozen Google accounts, a Gmail, a G Suite, a whatever. 
Make sure that you're logged into the one that you want to be logged into because whichever one that is, is the primary owner of the Google business page. So you're logged into Google and then you go to business.google.com slash create. You make your profile. And just for reference, these are the profiles that will pop up. If you do a search for best realtor nearby, you'll see results. If you search for like, I'm thinking of clients of mine, Far Group Northwest out in Spokane, Washington, their Google My Business page will pop up on the right-hand sidebar. It'll have photos, it'll have their address, it'll have a phone number, it'll have reviews and all that kind of stuff. Whenever you're reading reviews about somebody, it's actually their Google business page on which those reviews are published. If you do a search for like restaurants nearby in Google Maps, once again, every little red pen that you're seeing is a Google business page. So really, Google business page is a network of all local businesses here, there, and everywhere. They display in Google search, they display in Google Maps, and there's one more spot they display, which is where the real strategy lies, is in what's called the Google local pack. Google's local pack, this is going to be a little bit technical to describe in words without showing them. But if you've ever done a search for like, I don't know, best cup of coffee nearby, something like that, you're going to see probably ads at the very top of the page. But then you'll scroll down and you're going to see this little sliver of map inside the search results. Not Google Maps, Google Search. This little sliver of map. And then you're going to see three listings underneath it. That's called Google's local pack. It's a section of the actual search results page where it will position the top three profiles based upon that search that it thinks you might be looking for to try to get you to look at their page and call them or message them or navigate to their website. Does that all make sense so far? No, yeah, it makes 100% sense. That's what it is. So it's it's a network. They can show up in lots of different spots. Search, local pack, maps. Um, I forget what else you asked beyond just what is it. We've defined what it is at this point. Well, I would ask you like, um, because that's fantastic, right? Why? So... You know, where can an agent go? What should they be doing? Because one of the pain points I see is yeah. when you Google, like, let's say, for, so for my brother, right? And he's a real estate agent in Virginia. Cool. When you Google uh, realtors or real estate in Lynchburg, Virginia, where he's at, there are at? tons. Dude, That's do, you know I, do you know I grew up there? No way. Lynchburg, Virginia? That's my hometown. <laughs> did, 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 no way, man. Yes, What's your brother's name? Steven, Steven Acre. Are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah, I grew up there. That's that's my home. That's that's wow. That's where he lives right now, right? So he went to Liberty University. So uh, that's so funny. Yeah, that is crazy, man. We have a lot to talk about. <laughs> so I grew up an hour from Lynchburg. Okay, uh, nice. Yeah, so I grew up in total. I'm yeah, really total total side note. Everybody's like, all right, guys, get to the point. But no, this is really fascinating. <laughs> but anyway, so there's a ton of real estate agents, right, that pop up. Yeah, and so you know, how does Stephen go about trying to move? Yep. his profile up in what comes up in search? What are some of the tactics there that he yeah, can Yeah, so, so I'm going to get technical on you for a second. So let's go back to how your profile can rank in searches. One is somebody types in his name directly. And his name has enough location authority that Google has now learned to associate his business profile with the search of his name. Now, what's his last name again? It's Acre, A-C-R-E. Oh, it's, her name. it's her name, sorry. Stephen Acre, sorry. Um, okay, so like, let's say I type in Stephen Acre. I may just get links to Instagram, Facebook, or something like that. But if I type in Stephen Acre, Lynchburg, Virginia, that geo modifier of Lynchburg, Virginia might be enough juice for Google to make the association. Oh, this is the, they want the business listing. The str- so like location authority is basically 
it's not something you can capture in a bottle per se, but it's at, over time with more reviews, more posts, more SEO, all things pointing to as Google gains confidence that when people are looking for you, they mean the business. So that's mm-hmm. one thing. If somebody types in his name directly, he should rank if his profile is set up right. But he's not competing against anybody else unless his name was like Stephen Smith, then he might be competing. The other way though is on... Uh, job description searches. So best realtor nearby, real estate agents, Lynchburg, Virginia. Those types of search phrases are way harder to compete on. And where the competition will go is in the in the local pack. So like, again, if they did, Stephen, if they just typed in his name, Lynchburg, Virginia, it's going to be that right-hand panel where it's got the photos, the maps, the link yep. to his website, the reviews, and it's just his. That's called the knowledge graph. That's what they call that on Google. If it's best realtors, Lynchburg, Virginia, it's going to be the local pack. That sliver of map, one, two, three results, basically. How does he rank there? Well, there was a study done last year um, by, I think it was Bright Local or one of the big, there's a bunch of like local SEO companies, mostly based in Toronto, strangely. And they did a study on what are the top ranking signals that Google is actually algorithmically looking for when it decides which of those profiles rank. And there are some variables you can't control. Like for example your proximity to where the search went down. So if somebody looks for best realtor nearby and they're literally a block away from Stephen's office, which is listed as his physical address, he's going to do well in that search simply because of that proximity, unless there's somebody else whose SEO is so freaking amazing, they surpass him. So that's the first thing. Um, Things he can control. One, business categories. So your Google My Business, sorry, Whoops, Google business page. I'm getting used to the <laughs> It gives you what's called a primary category and then secondary categories. Um, the way you should know which primary category, because this is the number one ranking signal. It matters. The way you should decipher which one should I use, should I use real estate agencies, real estate agent, real estate consultant, which one's my first primary category? What you should do is in your market, open up like an incognito browser on Google, something like that. And start running the searches that you want to rank on best real estate agent nearby, best real estate agent or best realtor in Lynchburg, Virginia, blah, blah, blah. And right above that sliver of map in the local pack, there will be all black text, slightly large, and it will state the name of the category that it's prioritizing. Hmm. So if you do a search for best realtors nearby, it may still prioritize real estate agencies. If you do a search for best real estate agent nearby, it may prioritize real estate agencies over real estate agents. Whichever one it tends to go with the most is your primary business category. Does that make sense? Yeah, super interesting. Okay, yeah. super interesting. Now, there's some of these categories are different. Like Canada is different than the US on some of these things. They change a little bit over time. I've seen a couple of markets in the US where Realtor is actually a category. I've, like San Francisco, it's a category. I don't know why. I don't know yeah, why. That's what I was going to ask is why? Right. Why is that? You would think Google controls that, but I guess... Yeah, they do. It's... But they've acknowledged like this is an updating thing over time. So this is okay. something to look at from time to time. You don't want to change it like every week, but like every year do an audit perhaps. Just see like, hey, is this still the most relevant result? Um, so like your primary business category. And then you get to choose secondary categories. I would choose a couple more. So if you chose real estate agencies as the primary, choose real estate agent, real estate consultant as secondaries because that will help you rank on those types of search phrases. Okay. That's the first thing. Does that make sense? Yep, that makes sense. Yep. Another thing you can do is keep getting reviews, like reviews, reviews, reviews. And in fact, the study found a couple of things. One, if you have an average star rating that falls below four, like the average of all your reviews, that's bad for you. So you want to keep that average above four. Four to five is the sweet spot. 
the more reviews you get, the better. So quantity does matter in terms of reviews. It's not the only factor. So like sometimes you'll see in the local pack, there may be one page that outranks another that has twice as many reviews as it. Reviews are not the only factor. They're one factor. They're one ranking signal. And the other thing they found in that study was that keywords in the reviews are actually being indexed and crawled by Google. What does that mean? Well, that means when, like, if you left me a review, I might say to you, hey, Luke, instead of just saying Jason, would you mind saying my full name, Jason Pantana? Because I want to reinforce that, that oh, that's location awesome. authority. Would you mind saying what you did and where you did it? We bought a house in Lynchburg, Virginia for investment or whatever it might be, right? So those are building like geo modifiers, job description modifiers, like real estate agent, realtor, what a great sales agent, just some light coaching with your folks to try to get some of those keywords put into it. Now, if Google finds this to be patterned and suspect, they will just not publish the reviews. If they get too many reviews at once, it can look like spam to them. They just won't publish the reviews. So Google, like, have you guys ever seen the movie uh, um, Jurassic Park, the first yeah, one? Yeah. Yeah. Remember the scene where the two kids, the brother and sister in the, in the Jeep, and they're all by themselves, and the attorney guy runs off and hides, and the T-Rex shows up. And then the, the doctor, I can't think of his name, is like saying, no sudden movements. He can only see sudden movements. And then they start shining the flashlight and screaming, and the T-Rex <laughs> starts knocking the Jeep over because they're moving around like crazy. I think Google's kind of like that T-Rex. If you make too many movements too abruptly, it's going to call their attention to you. They're going to start looking at your profile and start questioning, is that spam? Should I suspend this? What is that? Does that make sense? No, that makes perfect sense. You know what's interesting? My brother, so we were going through a strategy of trying to get more reviews. He did a pie giveaway, right? A nice thank you giveaway for the partner with the local bakery. And one of the things he did is when people showed up to get their pie he would ask them to you know, do a review, right? And so he got like, I want to say 70 reviews uh, from yeah. that. So would you say you got to be like, that's something you should be careful of because I, there's so too many coming in at once? I've seen it go like, yes. I would say in general, yes. I remember I got a bunch of reviews once all at once and somebody was like, hey, they, those may not get published and they all got published. So it's not like it's going to be a, a for sure thing that they won't yeah. publish. But if you look at their support documentation, Reviews in bulk is one of the factors they look at. Okay. So it combined with some other suspect red flag they might have could be what tips it over. But there's a whole department looking at this stuff. So at the end of the day, you don't know who's looking at it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. I think most, uh, pretty much all of this, I believe, got published. So that's a good sign. Um, but that's right. one thing when you said that, I was like, okay, that's interesting. Uh, so when you do yeah. it... Just keep that in mind from a publishing standpoint. Okay. That well, and sometimes sense. you'll log into the back end of your Google My Business, sorry, your Google business page, which is business.google.com. And you'll see like a little red flag. You got a violation, a community violation or something like that. And half the time, what I found is people are repurposing their Instagram posts as Google posts, which is fine, but they're required by their state to include like their name, their DRE license number and stuff like that. And when it has their name, and like an email address or a phone number inside the caption, that's actually a violation of people's privacy from Google's vantage point. Mm. So people get flagged for community violations where they're like, what did I do wrong? And it's like, you actually included your phone number in your own Google post. And Google thinks that somebody's being ousted basically with their phone number. Does that make sense? Yeah, interesting. Can you talk about <laughs> Google post? Like that concept of like, yeah, that would because be like people another, don't think about posting on Google, if that makes sense. That's, yeah, that's another thing you can do. So like another thing you can do to kind of rank higher is basically fill out your profile. If there's a box to fill in, fill it in. And number two, 
is be active on it. Well, how can you be active on it aside from getting reviews? You can add photos, you can add videos, you can add posts, you can add products, you can add questions. Those are your five points of leverage of adding content to a Google business page. So with photos and posts, half the time I tell my clients, like whatever you publish in one place, just do it in both. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's not that big of a deal. Just keep adding content. But you should be adding Google posts. Specifically, when you do that, there are different sections. Off memory, they've added a section for like COVID updates. You're going to look for the subsection called what's new. And you can add an image or a video. If you upload a video, Google limits video file sizes. You get um, 75 MB and 30 seconds. That's the limits. The dimensions on photos and videos are screwy because it's different from mobile to desktop. And it's different from maps to search. So like with Instagram, like you can kind of tailor the perfect dimensions so everything fits perfectly and Facebook too. It's never going to happen with Google. So give up trying. It's going to always look a little funky. So just move on with your life. But certainly repurposing your social media content. So long as you don't have community violations, like a phone number and stuff like that in the post, you should be repurposing those as Google Post. There's a whole section in there called Post. Just upload it there. It's one more spot for your content to go. But also photos. And in the photo section, you can add videos too. And you can flag them. You can say, this is interior of the building. This is out in the field. This is our team. And there's different like subsections where you can just be proactively adding content. And I'll tell you what, Google Maps is really pushing um, photos and posts a lot right now. A lot. It's helping to rank. One of our coaching clients, his name is Sean Ryan. He's killing it on Google business pages up in Ontario. And he sent me a text the other day. He's been doing a post a day and photos like every now and again. And he's getting like in the last 30 days, 50,000 views on his profile. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that is crazy. What's so interesting now, when you think about posts, should a a person in business think about it the same way they think about like their Instagram or Facebook, like not just posting your listings, also post some things that like you're out and about or a picture of you doing a hobby or- This is open to debate. I I mean, like, I don't think you have to post pictures of your kids and stuff like that. That would, I, I think it should actually stick in the realms of, related to the business. Okay. But I think like pictures, pictures of the team, um, pictures of houses, just sold posts, testimonials, um, whatever, just that kind of mix it up. What about like, uh, places? So uh, using Steven, just cause we were talking about him like Lynchburg, Virginia. So he'll often on his Instagram or something like that, he'll go to the local bar. Right. And yeah. he'll do a little review or the local coffee shop or whatever. Those yeah, type of things all, too. That's all fine. It's all part of being the digital mayor and your local yeah. marketplace. And, it, and also like when he does it, this is, so I'll tell you, he can also geotag those images. There's a lot of people who will, there are people who get mad at me. There are trolls who literally look for my videos on YouTube just to lambast me about the ineffectiveness of geotagging images, <laughs> like literally. And I'm like, it's the same person over and over again. Like, dude, you did this. I already, I already answered you and moved on. There's a huge debate, but you can geotag. And when you geotag, you can designate what that address is where you want your photo tagged to help kind of reinforce a map of where you do business to <laughs> theoretically have some kind of an impact, maybe indirectly at best, on your ability to rank on searches based upon where the user is conducting their search. Does that make sense? Yep, that makes sense. So like, basically, when I take a photo with my iPhone, it gets tagged. Like, I can scroll through and see where that photo was taken. But if I upload that photo to some other platform... Apple should strip all that metadata away to protect my privacy, right? But there are services like geoimager.com where you can go back and add that material. You can add alt text and keywords and whatever address or coordinates you want. 
So theoretically, your brother could flag things at his office or at um, you know downtown Lynchburg, maybe like down by the James River or something yep. like that. Whatever's a hot spot, he could do that um, and theoretically reinforce it. Now, that if somebody tries to download that photo from your Google business page, that data has been stripped away. Same as any other platform would strip that metadata away. But it doesn't mean it wasn't somehow correlated into what they're looking at. Anyways, it, just a little side. So much. I mean, good gosh, it's so much valuable information. I mean, I'm learning a ton here. Can you just switching gears a little bit from the organic side to the like paid side with Google? Like oh, yeah. Google, like this certified local business professional. Can you explain? Totally. Like, what is this all a, about? I did a presentation this morning. And the first point for 2022 marketing was literally all in on Google. Like hmm. just, I'm telling my clients, get all in on Google. Whatever, they, whatever they're selling you, buy it <laughs> right now. Um, and there's a reason for it. Because one, Google clearly has local businesses in their optics. Clearly. They've made several ad products that are specifically for local businesses. One of which is Google local services ads. Now, Google local services ads can sync up with a Google business page, but they're not the same thing. They're separate. Um, you can get reviews on your Google business page that sync over to your Google local services ads, but you can also just get at, just get reviews on your Google local services ads. Um, Google local services ads are a product that have been around for a few years, but they came out for real estate, I want to say last year. Um, I think it was last year, maybe slightly before that. They're not in every market. There are parts of Canada where they're not available yet. Um, what I would do is search Google local services ads and then click the ad at the top and then start running them. They're not hard to set up from a technical standpoint, but they're tedious because they're going to make you perform a background check. They're going to want to see proof of your insurance. Most states in the US, the broker holds the E&O policy, the arrows and emissions policy. So it's hard to get your name on that, but they're going to go through a screening process. Um, under the umbrella of Google local services ads, there's a couple of sub products. There are, there's Google screened, and there's Google Guaranteed. Google Screened applies to real estate. What it means is Google gives their little stamp of approval that we have screened, we have background checked, we've looked at insurance and proved licensure of this individual. So like if I do a search for best realtors nearby, I'm going to see those ads at the very top and it would say Google Screened if they've been screened. Mm -hmm. There are some industries where they do Google Guaranteed. We don't have that in real estate, but that means like if you have a bad experience with the Google Guaranteed provider, Google will reimburse you money for what you put into it. Wow. So they literally put their money on the line for some of these businesses. I expect that could be coming one day, but that seems to kind of cross boundaries of brokerage. And I don't know how, how murky that's going to get when they, they decide to move in that direction. Uh, but Google local services ads are probably the best ad you could ever run right now. Because literally, if you run a search in your market right now for best real estate agent nearby, it's likely going to have Google local services ads one, two, three across the top. And then you can click view more. Beneath that will be the regular Google search ads. And you're going to see ads from like, I don't know, um, Effective Agent, Fast Expert, Zillow, Dave Ramsey, ELP. People whose pockets are so vastly deeper than yours running their ads. And yet Google gives you a spot above them at the very top of the page. They are basically giving you the, the handicap on the golf course so that you, as the local business professional, take precedence over the big money pockets individuals. That's why I say like... That's a great way to frame it. Yeah, yep. it's all in on Google. And the other powerful part about it is, think about like Zillow Premier Agent when it first came out. How did it work? Well, Zillow spent a bunch of money on Google and Facebook to drive traffic to their website. 
Once people got to the website, they would offer them things like a Zestimate or Save a Search, and they try to get their email address. Once they got an email address, they would email them 10 homes we think you'll love to get them back to the website again, 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 again. And eventually, when they got closer to their buy time, they would find this property called 123 Banana Street, and they would click it open and they'd say, I love this property. I want to see this property. And they click a button that said contact agent. And then what would happen? Three faces would pop up in front of you. And they would be the gatekeepers for you going to see that property. Now, Mm -hmm. think about the difference between an ad like that and an ad like Google local services ads. You have the three agents right in front of you, but the intent of the search is different. On Zillow, they're contacting you because you're a means to an end. They want you to open a door and show a property. On Google local services ads, they're looking for the best agent and they clicked on your face. That is a different kind of lead. Yeah, super high intent. Yeah, yeah, so I'm, well, not only high intent, but they actually came like, you are what's on the silver. For you, yeah, that's what I mean. Like your intent is you. (laughs) Yeah, so like like, I've been talking to my clients, it's not about, it's not just about being in the right place at the right time. In fact, I've been having conversations with some of the leaders of some of the biggest PPC companies in real estate lately. Like, hey, everybody's lead gen is predicated on homes for sale, home valuation, home, 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 home. How can we be in the right place at the right time so we're lucky enough to open the door and get the commission? When I'm like, you got to chant, like we live in a world of content creators, start making contents, be a thought leader, start running ads that position you as the best for when somebody's looking to take action. Because then you're, it's not about the properties, it's about the process and the way that you do it. To me, that is a way better sales mechanism. So Google local services ads, absolutely for the win. Yeah, um, so good. Uh, my brother actually turned it on. Uh, what has it been? Like a week, his first week, I think he got six leads. And they're uh, great. From, from it. Like it was insane, like crazy. Now we'll see how they convert. I'm sure they're probably convert very high. But it, it's yeah, very, very interesting. Yeah, Google. So with Google local services ads, it's easy to dispute. So you can go into your profile and say, I don't want first-time home buyers. I don't want renters. I don't want luxury. Although I don't know why you wouldn't. You can, there's, there's all these preset categories. You can turn them on and off. And if you get a lead that is outside of the scope of what you say you're paying for, it's an, usually Google figures it out before you do and they just don't charge you for it. But you can dispute it. So like you go set your budget per week or per day or per lead, whatever budget you want, but you're only paying for legitimate leads. That's what's crazy. If an agent calls you or some spammer somehow calls you at that number, you can either dispute it or it gets taken off, but you're not going to pay for it. So like I tell my clients, I'm honestly like, look, I know this sounds crazy. Whatever the max is, spend it because you're only paying for what you get. So whatever the max is, offer it. You know what I mean? Now, I understand there's kind of a point where if everybody did that, it just makes it more expensive for everybody and creates an ad inflation, but whatever. Um, not everybody's going to do it. So that that's a big thing. Also, like, be aware, if you don't answer the phone, they're paying attention and they're going to stop giving you leads. So it has you have to answer that phone. Mm. A lot of people are using like call attribution numbers, which is okay, but there's a little trick. Um, with your Google business page, your Google business page, like your, there's primary data on that that's important. It's your phone number, it's your name, it's your address, it's your website. And if Google starts crawling around the web and seeing different phone numbers for you here and there and there and there, it creates uncertainty from their vantage point from an SEO standpoint. So having a consistent number actually matters. I understand why you want, might want to have like call routing and stuff built into it with, an, with like, an actual, like a call action or a, a call rail or something like that. But still, it's that number matters. But anyways, 
I digress. You got to answer the phone. If people call, you should be logging notes in their system. These are things you can do to rank better. If you aren't open in the middle of the night, don't be available in the middle of the night. Because mm. if they call you, you're toast. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And your Google report will even give you missed calls each week, right? Like they actually send you an email. Yeah. And it records everything in there. So everything's yep. recorded. It's, yeah. it's a pretty powerful tool. So I, I, as far as Google goes, it's Google business pages. It's, it's Google local services ads. There's a inside your Google business page backend. There's a big button that says create an ad. You should click that one too. That's yeah. called a local <laughs> finder ad. And you just literally follow the prompts to get more calls. That one can help you rank inside of maps and other places to get those calls. Now, it's not going to be the moneymaker that Google local services ads is, but it's one more place to rank. Man. I have seen... Um, I was looking for a pizza place uh, a couple months ago with my kids. So I do like a pizza restaurants nearby. And I noticed in that local pack, it showed an ad at the top of it. Now, it wasn't... It was for a different vertical. It was restaurants. And I think they were beta testing it. But it seems like... And I'm kind of speculating... I think Google is going to start allowing those ads, those local finder ads to actually rank on the main page of Google in that local pack. Now, mm-hmm. when that happens, to me, that's a, that's a freaking game changer. Those would be great ad placements. Yeah. Um, yeah. Man. I also think... YouTube, <laughs> that was like a masterclass right there. Yeah, that was I mean, unbelievable. But they're, not, like, they're not done. They've got Google, business, Google Display Network ads. They have Google Search ads. They have... Uh, I saw a new one this morning. I got to research it because they're constantly adding new ones. They have smart campaigns. They have discovery ads. They have YouTube ads. And YouTube ads have discovery ads. And YouTube ads have in-stream ads. Like yep. anything Google offers for ads, do it. Now, yeah, Jason, we're going to have to have you back on and go through some of those other tips. I actually was just kind of sitting back and enjoying that with letting these two Virginians get reacquainted yeah, yeah. and everything. <laughs> Virginians, yeah. These two Fluvanna <laughs> Countyans. Hmm. All right, Jason. Well, Fluvanna County is about an hour away from... Oh, Lynchburg. it is? All right. Little, little, maybe a little over an hour. Where is? Which way is Savannah County? Uh, Fluvanna County. Oh, Fluvanna. Oh, I don't even know what may, would that be. It's towards Charlottesville. Which way would you? Okay, so you're north. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nah, I moved when I was 21, so like in terms of actually knowing where things were, I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really didn't. Know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't even know my way around here, and I live in Philly. Somehow, now. Luke <laughs> it connects with people that are from like we found out after working together for 10 years that my cousins actually grew up in or live in the same town that he grew up. in. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> All right, well, Jason. Bro, uh, thank you so much for coming on, man. That was amazing. Before we close out, let people know how they connect with you and then uh, join your email list to just get more yeah. tips and tricks for their marketing. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I send a once a week email. It's just straight up content. It's value add. Uh, go to jasonpantana.com. There's a little form fill. Just fill out the form at the bottom of the page. Um, I'd love to connect with you on YouTube, Instagram. I'm Jason Pantana, P-A-N-T-A-N-A, anywhere you look. And I'd love to be a resource for you. Thanks for having me on, guys. Awesome. That was incredible. Thank you all for listening. We're going to include those links in the show notes for this episode as well that you can get over at staypaidpodcast.com. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to head on over to Apple Podcasts, drop a five-star review along with a comment. And the best way to show your support is to tell a friend and share this episode on your social media. If you want to get hold of me or Luke, you can email us at podcast at remindermedia.com. And of course, you can find us on Instagram. We are at staypaidpodcast. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Stike. 
Guys, I'm Luke Acre. What an incredible episode. I told you, real deal. I would encourage you follow Jason. I've been following his stuff. So much good stuff there. So get on, follow him, start taking action on the tactics that he gives. Here's my action item for you for this podcast, right? Is you need to go get your Google business page set up and you need to make sure you're following his recommendations to have everything filled out, taking advantage of the SEO juice that it will give you. Remember the difference between top producers and mediocre producers in every single business is top producers don't think about it. They actually go out and do it, right? So they take action. Take action on that today. 